Welcome to another episode of the Find You Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Lee Pinkham. You can find me on the IG at Lee Pinkham. Uh, P-I-N-K-H-A-M is how you spell my last name. Um, as usual, ha ha ha, laugh at it. I've been used to it my whole life. Um, I, I was getting some some crap from a buddy the other day about always sharing my Instagram up here and my social media. But look, guys, I, I bring you a little bit of everything on the gram. Um, mobility exercises to motivational crap to my training routines, nutritional tips, tricks, uh, ups and downs while I'm in chiropractic school. Um, you know, I and I'm, I'm a firm believer in this. I could have five followers or 50,000. If I impacted those five people, uh, that would mean the world to me. I don't care how many followers I have or what my you know following is on social media. I'm just looking to help people in any way, any way that I can. All right, today's episode is about a topic that it, it can really get me riled up, but not in a good way. And it's about diets. Uh, I kind of talked about this uh, in a previous episode, uh, you know, a little bit about dieting, but I really wanted to dive into it today. And we're going to talk about today, you know, what's the best diet and why they actually all suck, but I'm, I'm only sort of kidding right there. But just some insight on how I, how I look at dieting. Hopefully there's some info or insight that y'all can pull from this that'll help you in your journey or someone that you care about. If you like the episode, please be sure to like it and, and like and share it with your friends and family. I would appreciate the support so much. All right, so when it comes to diets, we get so caught up in this shit. From the, from the first time dieters, to our medical doctors who, who start to diet. We get so caught up in, in what is the best diet out there. And then we have to share it among everyone we know as if we've cracked the code that we've found this perfect diet. And while I may be coming off like that in today's episode, uh, my diet is not a, I guess it's technically a diet, but it's it's really just a way of looking at your nutrition. Um, my intentions are, are never to tell you what the perfect diet is because there's not one. Instead, I just want to give you the tools to, to help you determine what works best for you and to help you just open your mind a little about how you look at dieting and, and to seek the bigger picture here to create awareness. And for, for me, that was so key was awareness. So if you clicked on today's episode, guys, because you are curious about what the best diet is out there, you want to hear what Lee has to say, and you want to know what this diet is so you can start it Monday morning, then you should definitely keep listening because this one's meant for people like you. If you clicked on this episode because you support me and you'll listen to anything I have to say, I freaking love you. So let me bring you guys a quote for today's episode. Um, it's nutrition related. Food has the power to heal us. It is the most potent tool we have to help prevent and treat many of our chronic diseases. I think, guys, that is so mind-blowing that people become so oblivious to the fact that the food we are putting into our bodies, our fuel, the gas to our cars, has so much impact on how we live our daily lives. Many people neglect it, per perhaps on purpose, or they want to avoid the obvious. Uh, because adjusting the, their nutrition, that means that they have to avoid the unhealthy, delicious stuff, the Oreos and the, you know, the cookouts. and the, um, they gotta, you got to avoid all that. And, or maybe it has to do with the fact that eating unhealthy affects us not now necessarily, but 
over time. My intentions with this episode, and I keep doing this, but and really with this entire podcast, is, is to help you find you in this world, particularly when it comes to your health and fitness, because that is what I know best. Now, the thing about your health and fitness is that that can encompass your entire life in, in some shape or form. Um, but while I've, while I've got you going, I've got your attention here, know that there is nothing in health and fitness that is the best way for everyone. We, and I'll say this phrase a lot, guys, we are all unique little snowflakes. What works well for me may not work well for you at all. And I know this can be frustrating. This this is how I got into it. I was like, well, people are saying all this crap and it doesn't work for me. Um, and it's probably really frustrating if you clicked on this episode and you're looking for me to give you an absolute answer of what, what, what diet is the best diet for you. Um, but the thing is, there's no specific answer that I can genuinely feel good about giving you without knowing who you are in your daily life and what, you know, knowing the ins and outs of your nutrition. So when I talk about finding you, this whole podcast, you know, find you fitness, um, it, a lot of this whole idea, this concept starts with being real with yourself. And if I consider you a close friend of mine, you know that I'm not afraid to challenge you to be real with yourself. I will question your reasoning, but it's all in good faith. I want you to not kid yourself about something that you are fully capable of doing. I want you to find what your true potential is because I care about you. I want you to succeed and maximize your potential in life. I, I have friends that do that do that same thing for me. And it's while it's never what I want to hear, uh, it's what I need to hear. And I wouldn't trade that for the world. I'm not looking for people that'll fluff me up and tell me I'm awesome all the time. I'm looking for people who are willing to help me grow as a person and aren't afraid to tell me what they think I'm going, I'm doing wrong. And nobody likes to be wrong or even bring that up to people. But when you begin to understand that having a hard conversation with someone about their struggles or even failing is that that's all just an opportunity to grow. That's life changing. That That's when you start to look at this a lot differently, where if I'm failing, that means I'm learning something new. Another reason for me starting this podcast is is because this is a great avenue for me to talk about everything health and fitness, but it allows me to say what I want to say and repeat it over and over and over again until I'm blue in the face because nobody can stop me in here. And we are all unique little snowflakes. So if you truly, truly think there is a specific diet that is best for everyone, you're delusional. And I'm not bashing you, but I'm talking to you as if you're that close friend of mine. I'm saying it. I'm saying this with good intentions. Um, you're, you're the friend I can say anything to. And you just know I mean well from it. That if I were struggling with the same things, you would all say the same to me. Remember that, guys. So, man, it's so easy to go off on a, on a tangent, guys. Um, b- before, I, before I continue, guys, I, I think it's important for me to state how I truly... I truly, guys, truly do not give two shits about what diet you do. Every single diet out there has its pros and cons, whether it be sustainability or it's easy to start and begin, good for easy for beginners. Um, maybe it just has its lack of nutrients or whatever the case may be. Um, we can argue about that crap another time. I'm just, my goal is to show you the bigger picture here. And you know what? The thing is, you may luck into doing the diet that your body responds best to. 
and that and that's great for you. Um, so we talk about diets. How did these diets become so popular? I mean, and and how come they keep resurfacing every ten to twenty years and then fade out of existence for another few decades? Well, if if you guys remember. Like the silly bands in 2010, it, it's all a trend, a fad. And and when people rediscover them, you know, in air quotes there, uh, and, and, and find, you know, quote, success, then they spread like wildflower. So think about Jackie. You remember Jackie, your Facebook friend? She started keto. She, she lost 100 pounds, and she started posting her successes on Facebook for the world to see. And you know, what did it do? It got more of her friends interested, right? Now everyone wants to know. We're commenting. How, how did you do that? And and you're thinking, you know what, man? If Jackie can do it, I, I can do this. And and look, I, I'm not bashing it. We've all been there. Even the health and fitness experts. I remember, guys, my freshman year of college, I was straight up addicted to Dr. Peppers. I'm talking like, I'm talking like three to four a day. When I, when I tried to cut back, I, I mean, I drank those things for freaking I, like first thing in the morning when I woke up. And like after soccer, after working out or practicing for two hours, first thing I wanted a nice cold Dr. Pepper. When I when I started to cut back on those sodas, I literally had withdrawals. Um, and that in itself scared me so much. The fact that I was like almost like I pretty much addicted to something. I, I knew that I needed to quit. And um, I was like, I was for sure addicted to, to soda. So so. Wow, Jackie's on Facebook here, and she everything she's saying is in good faith. She means well from it. Um, she's talking about how keto is the best diet for fat loss. Um, there's there's just way more to that than what meets the eye. Did she, what happens afterwards as well? You know, does does she regain the weight? Was the diet actually sustainable, or was it just a temporary fix? Um, and then in the diets, are, are, are your foods you're allowed to eat? Are they incredibly restricted? You know, what, what makes her think that that'll work for everyone? And these are all things that you have to account for. But really, I want you to think even bigger about this. Why did Jackie start that diet in the first place? There's a 1000% chance it's because she wanted to lose weight. And while that's typically everyone's motivation to diet, and there's nothing wrong with that, I just don't think it's deep enough. And it's why most people consistently fall back off the wagon after having, you know, temporary success. If your mindset is, I'm going to run keto just to lose some weight, you should heavily, heavily, heavily consider changing up your approach. It should be more of a focus on creating a healthier relationship with food first. And I hate to tell you, actually, I really don't. I don't hate to tell you this. This is a long-term process. This does not take 30 days and boom, all your problems are fixed. You have a healthy relationship with food. Um, boom, like you solve life. Uh, that's, that's not how this works. This is a process. And if that sounds scary and daunting and impossible for you, then you're, you probably really need it, but you don't, sound, you don't seem ready for it. But I can go ahead and tell you it's time to be ready, guys. We can get away with being unhealthy when we're young. Like that, the, the, the constant fast food we eat and sodas and, and no water and a ton of exercise, uh, we can get away with that till, you know, we're in our like, uh, early twenties probably. Um, but that's when that shit starts to catch up with us, you know, and you get a lot of the people having gaining the freshman 15 because 
they're not playing sports or being as active as they were in high school. And now they're in college sitting on their ass all day long because they can. Um, you know, as we age, guys, the harder it gets to, to eat unhealthy without adverse health effects. And you build a strong base now. And, and really, it's, there's, it's not, never too late to start. But especially if you're a younger listener, you know, build a strong base now and it will pay off in the long run. You know, I was working with uh, at down in Naples, Florida, when I was wellness director down there, working for working with people of all ages, as old as 92. And as you know, uh, I'm going to say young when I'm talking to older population as young as like 50. And I would have 70 year olds, 70 year olds walk in there and wheelchair bound, uh, could barely stand up on their own. I would have 70 year olds that would walk in there. And these guys would be running around doing push-ups off the ground, doing just moving and doing and and moving really well. And I started to look at the two and I'm like, you know what? Let's just assume that they both did not have any hardships that put, you know, that uh, held held them back from, you know, being where they are today. Um, the 70 year old that was running around and moving, I mean, he was just he cared about his health. From, you know, if he started when he was 40, that's great. If he started when he was 30, that's great. Or if he started when he was 69, it doesn't matter. But he's moving a lot better and they're the same age. And then that's kind of where I was like, man, that's how important it is to exercise. Like, I used to think, I, like, when you're 70, you were going to need help getting around and moving around and just living life. Like, that's just what happens when you're 70. But realistically, like, it's, uh, it's, Everything you do that leads up to that moment, um, if you're doing any sort of exercise at all, or if it's, you know, I mean, even if you're just walking every day or you're working with your hands every day, like that stuff pays off in the long term. And um, I've talked about this before. I'm not going to really go off on a tangent, but I'm sure I'll talk about it, you know, in a different podcast as well. But, uh, you know, I have clients coming to, you know, potential clients coming to see me down there, people really coming to talk to me, asking me things about how, you know, what they can do in the weight room. And they're like, you know, I don't really want to, they say like, I don't want to look like you, or I don't want to look like super jacked or anything like that. And they're like, I really just want to feel healthy. I just want to, I just want to feel good. I don't feel good anymore. And, uh, isn't that amazing that for the first 60, 70 years of our life, depending on, you know, at what point they kind of have this moment, all they care about is feeling good. I'm not sorry, not not feeling good, looking good. All they care about is looking good and not really, you know, it doesn't matter how they feel. And then all of a sudden, it's only about how you feel and not how you look. They don't care how they look. They could have, you know, the biggest stomach out there. As long as they feel great, that's all that matters. Um, I mean, if th- that's freaking life changing and, and, and having that mentality uh, of, you know, you're thinking about how you can change your health for the long term because you want to live a long life is that'll motivate you and inspire you forever opposed to I just want to lose weight so I look skinnier um you know now you know what I mean uh so if you think more long term about this stuff it'll pay off in the long run so right about now you're probably wondering okay Lee you talked about this but how how can you create a healthy relationship with food I don't think I have one you know <clears throat> I'd say the I've, I've I've kind of broken this up into three different steps, I guess, so to speak, or um, some of the biggest ways you can create this healthy relationship with food. 
And as you know, guys, this is this is my opinion. There's a million different ways that you can go about this. But after doing it for myself and having success with this method for others, I just want to share it. And and guys, this isn't easy. This is going to be a lot of work, but it will be worth it if you stick to it. All right, let's do this. So the first step I have here, see how many calories you consume in a day for the next two weeks. All right. You may be thinking, oh, okay, piece of cake. It might seem easy, huh? But so many people have a hard time of even just tracking this. You, you need to see how many calories you're consuming in a day. Is it tedious and time-consuming? Absolutely. It's an, If you've never done it, it can be a pain in your ass. Will it get easier over time? Absolutely. But if you want to change your nutrition, and I mean, guys, if you really, really want to change it, you need to track. The, the app I use to track my nutrition is called MyFitnessPal. There's several, there's a few different other apps out there that you can track your nutrition. I know uh, there's another popular one called Fat Secret. I like MyFitnessPal. It saves all of my meal and food choices. I'm sure Fat Secret does too, but I'm just speaking from, uh, you know, what I use. Um, And so it takes me like 30 seconds to log any one meal that I eat. And that's something that's worth mentioning here, that time. Um, It can be, tracking can be so tedious and time consuming, but And it's like you think, man, I'd just rather eat the food. I don't want to have to go in there and search it and log it as if that's, you know, such a daunting task. But um, if you say you don't have time to log your food, food, like you're making excuses. And any way you look at it, you're just making an excuse. That's that's basically that's one minute less of scrolling mindlessly on Instagram um, or, you know, not paying attention to the Netflix show that you're probably not watching anyways because you're scrolling through social media. Um, and one, just one more minute of logging food on your MyFitnessPal. Um, go ahead and as soon as you eat it, log it. Don't don't wait to the end of the day and think about everything you've eaten for the day. Uh, that definitely takes a while to get there. You realize that you start to forget even the small things um, if you wait to the end. But it, it, all this, guys, you, you've got to want to make a change. And, I mean, you got to really want it. And mo- most people, they, they actually they think that they're eating healthy that that they're consuming enough food or enough of each like macronutrient you know carbs fats and proteins and most of these people are wrong see see guys this first step here the point of the point of having this first step it's about creating awareness if you think you're eating enough you're eating healthy but you're reaching out to someone for help then because you know you can't lose weight or you know something's off you, there's a good chance you're not eating healthy you're, you're probably not so you're most likely you're not aware at all of what's going in into your body. And if you're trying to pack on muscle or you're trying to lose weight or whatever you're trying to do, knowing how much is going into your body is essential. I mean, that's your energy. Um, and this first step, it's not about trying to hit a certain calorie number or amounts of carbs, fats, and proteins. It's literally simply tracking. See how many calories you're consuming in a day for two weeks. And you eventually what, what this is going to help you realize that, you know, you start to realize that that large Coke from McDonald's is over 400 calories of sugar and carbs, whatever the hell it, I don't even know what it is. You'll realize that, that Chick-fil-A combo meal you eat daily is 1400 calories and just that simple meal. Um, you, you don't realize these things without tracking first. You don't understand how much, you know, what foods have, how much calorie, how many calories in it and their content and, and things like that. So take two weeks and track. Um, don't do anything out of the norm with your diet either. Just 
see where you're currently at. Um, <clears throat> tracking, uh, tracking it, it doesn't have to be a permanent change. Uh, it can't be if you want it to be, but it doesn't have to. I, I have friends who are jacked and have a healthy relationship with food. I've never tracked a day in their lives. For, for me, I'll go on periods where all I do is track, meticulously actually, to make sure I hit my macros. And then I'll go on periods where I don't track at all and I just go by feel. And still to this day, I, I feel like if my nutrition is going a little haywire, I'll actually, I'll regroup and I'll track for a few weeks again to get myself back on track. Um, when I when I do track again, I realize that I was maybe starting to overestimate foods like the serving sizes and consuming more than I thought um, than, than before. And that's, that's actually one of the benefits to tracking your calories is when you start to realize, Oh man, like this actually has two serving sizes in, you know, this one container. Um, that's one thing that actually, uh, pissed me off for the longest time. I think pop tarts have fixed it now, but pop tarts actually, uh, in, in one package, it used to be one pastry is one serving size. So you look on the back of a label, Excuse me. If you uh, don't know how to read the back of a label, just start looking at it, the back of a label, and um, I'll kind of explain how. To, actually, let's just go ahead. Um, so, if, uh, you basically have your total calories, and then you break it up into carbs, fats, and proteins. Those are usually bolded and stand out a little bit further. And then you have just some other stuff below it. If you, and carbs, fats, and proteins are your macros. Um, every one gram of of carb and protein is equal to four calories every one gram of fat is equal to nine calories. So if something has 10 grams of carbs, then you go 10 times four and that's 40 calories. It's like a long math equation. If it had 10 grams of protein, then you go 10 times four, that's 40 calories. If it had 10 grams of fat, you go 10 times nine, that's 90 calories. So 90 plus 40 plus 40 is 170 calories. So then you just look at the calories and voila, it's probably got a, just about 170. It might be off by five, 10 uh, calories. But <clears throat> the benefit of, you know, that that's what pissed that's what pissed me off about Pop Tart labels is on the back it's saying, you know, it's got 30 carbs or whatever per serving size, but he, but the serving size is one pastry. Who's gonna open up a thing of Pop Tarts and just eat one pastry and then put the other one in a Ziploc bag and save it for later? I I don't know anyone that does. And if you do, you know, power to you. You got great self-control, I guess. Um, if especially if you're trying to be specific, but <clears throat> Uh, it just kind of helps you become more aware of what a serving size is as, as well. Um, but that's that's how I started, guys. I started tracking my calories in general just to see where I was at at the beginning. I thought I was consuming enough food or enough protein, but in reality, I wasn't. And I, I really thought I was. And I didn't I didn't really find that out until I started tracking, you know, my total calories. So that's step one. Tra track those calories for two weeks. And, and this will be your starting point. Don't try to eat any healthier or better than you already are or trying to hit a certain amount of calories or macros. Just track. And you'll see that you're probably going to be all over the place. There's some days you think you eat a lot, you eat nothing, or you eat way more than you anticipated. Um, step two is where we start to get a little bit more detailed about this. And don't skip straight to step two. I know it's so tempting to do. Well, I'm just going to start like trying to hit these macro numbers. Stop doing that. Don't do it. I promise you. Step one is just creating awareness. It it's for you to look and be like, man, I'm only eating that much. No wonder I'm not putting on muscle or um, I'm eating this much. No wonder I can't lose weight. Um, it's it's to kind of help wake those people up and 
say if you're someone that says, man, I just can't lose weight. It's just not in my genes. Um, but all of a sudden you look at your calories and you're eating 4,000 calories a day and, and no protein or all carbs or whatever the hell you're eating. Um, that's why you can't lose weight. But, uh, that's, yeah. So that's step one. Um, so once we start to see what your total calories are, we can start to get more specific. Step two is understanding what calories are made of and what their jobs are in providing energy for you. So by now, hopefully you know that calories are what provides energy for us. Well, calories are made up of carbs, fats, and proteins. These are called the macronutrients or macros. These, these three macronutrients, they all play a unique role in how they provide energy for you. Now, knowing about, about how much to eat of each macro it, is key. And that's what step two is all about, is understanding that. Now, knowing, knowing how much of, of each macro to consume, that is one of the most daunting tasks. And this is where most people fail. And even for me personally, I'm still adjusting it to this day. I've been tracking for six years. Um, <clears throat> it's uh, The thing is, is like it's hard to stick to a macronutrient breakdown without knowing if, it, if it's working or not. It, it takes weeks and months before you even start to see results. And during this time is when you, we think to ourselves, you know, what, what if this isn't right for me? What if I'm wasting my time? It's not working. I'm not seeing any results. This is where you got to just trust the process. And I know that it doesn't help that there's a million different websites saying a million different things about how you should break you down your macros. You know, really, guys, that's all that's how all of health and fitness works. And that's why I started this podcast to show you the light, to educate you, to give you the tools so you can find what works best for you. Before you can determine your macro breakdown, you, you need to know how many calories to consume in a day. Okay. So not how many you are consuming, but how many you should be consuming. Many professionals, you know, they could disagree with me here, but I mentioned this in a previous episode. Just look up a, a maintenance calorie calculator, calorie intake cal- calculator, whatever on Google and, and do about five different ones. Just find the average of that and, and use that number as your maintenance calories. Now, it's going to be an important term to remember. Expect this to be a rough estimate and it will be adjusted over time. As far as the macro breakdown, this is where everyone's opinions differ. And there's since there's so many different recommendations for everybody, remember, unique little snowflakes we are. So for protein, I suggest that you go to 0.7 to 1 grams per pound of body weight um, for your protein. So basically, multiply your body weight times 1 to find how many grams of protein you should consume. So I'll use me for an example. I weigh 200 pounds. My protein goal every day is around 200 grams of protein, 200 times one, right? And, you know, protein is is important for building and repairing tissues, aka, you know, your muscles, among other things. Um, But the thing is, more protein does not mean more gains. That is a huge misconception. Your, Your body can only take in so much protein, and once it's capped in its protein, that excess protein, it's going to be stored as fat for energy or excreted or, or both. And it's not a very useful source of energy. And it's kind of uh, what happens when you deplete your stores of carbs and fats when it comes to energy. 
Um, th- th- this this point seven to one gram per pound of body weight is a pretty standard recommendation across the board. Um, so if I'm going point seven to one, I guess what is that one forty to two hundred or one seventy to two hundred? Um, and, and really, I try to hit a minimum of about one eighty grams of protein a day. And then if I go over my protein, it's not the end of the world. If I fall under, it's not the end of the world. Um, as for carbs and fats, now this is where things can get tricky and overwhelming for sure. Um, you may not like this, but you're going to have to do some math here. I mean, maybe you thought this was all health and fitness. There's a little bit of math involved too. Um, of course, I'll, I'll use me as an example here again. So if my maintenance calories are 3,000 calories a day, so I did the calculator and it came out to about 3,000. And I eat 200 grams of protein a day. That means 800 calories I eat a day are made up of protein. Remember, 200 times 4, right? Um, so if I take 800 and divide it by 3,000 to find the percentage of pro- grams of protein I eat a day, that's going to be about 26 to 27% of my calories are protein. So for the sake of... Uh, the, just the easy, the easy, easiness of this, let's just say it's 25%. So 25% of my total calories are made up of protein. That's going to leave 75% to be split up between carbs and fats. You know, step two for creating that healthier relationship with food in general, it starts here. If I'm learning what macros are and how they affect me as, as what step two is, then I'm going 50% carbs and that's going to leave me with the last 25% of my calories coming from fat. So 50% of my carbs, that's going to be 1,500 calories, right? <clears throat> that's going to equal out 50% of my total calorie intake is going to be carbs. So <clears throat> that's going to be 1,500 calories is all going to be carbs. So 1,500 divided by 4 is going to be 375 grams of carbs a day. This leaves that remaining 25% of fats at roughly 800 calories, which is 89 grams of fat a day. Remember, one gram of fat is equal to nine calories. It's the one, it's the unique one. Remember, guys, I, I told you there'd be some math, so continue to bear with me. Um, remember, my 200 grams of protein was about 27%, but I rounded down to 25 just to keep the math simple for this example. So that's why my total calories don't quite add up to 3,000. Um, it adds up to like 3,100, but it, it's not the end of the world. So this... Uh, 50, 25, 25 split, so 50% carbs, 25% protein, 25% fat. It's, it's a great place to start as far as your macro breakdown, um, especially if you've never done it before. It's a, it's a very general uh, recommendation, and um, it's actually kind of similar to what I do and to an extent. Um, <clears throat> if you never tried to hit specific macros, you'll, you're going to find that it's really difficult to, to eat to fit these macros um, to, to represent this calorie breakdown at first. But trust me, it does get easier. Um, eventually, it just kind of becomes second nature. And, you know, I can get to a point now, and this is just the beauty of tracking only for six years. I can't imagine after 15, 20, 30 years of just understanding my nutrition, not necessarily tracking. But <clears throat> if I am eating, uh, if I'm having a day and I'm not tracking, uh, I, you know, I'm going to say, man, I feel like I'm kind of under eating on my pro. I've under eat. I'm under eat, under eating. Sorry, I can't talk uh, on my protein for the day. So I just need to eat. Like I'm gonna get a protein bar, um, cook up some chicken or something really fast. So like I said, you know, this split is pretty generic, but it's a stepping stone. And and what finding what works best for you, right? That's what this is all about. 
And that's going to bring us to step three.